Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire podcast, football edition, MWWire.com, folks. That's what we're doing here. Football ne- never sleeps, Matt. We have football. I'm watching football right now, professional version. In- I want to say inferior, but this weekend, it's been pretty lively for the NFL. But we're here to talk Mountain West football. That's what we do all the time. That is correct. Have you partaked of any NFL this weekend? Outside of retweeting Josh Allen to... <laughs> I haven't really had much boss. chance to, to be honest. I've been here or there. I'm like, oh, watching a little bit, and then Blowout City. I see a score close. Let me rewind and watch for halftime. It go on. So I've go. been intermittently watching, like freaking Chargers, Jags. I'm like, oh, this is annoying. Out of there, they're like, oh, wait a minute, comeback city. So there's been some interesting games. So, but we're talking about with football. Here's what we're talking about, Matt. We like to take accountability. And gloating as well as is encouraged as well. So, Matt, if you got something particularly proper and correct you want to brag about, go for it. Same with me. And I'll clearly dunk on myself if I miss something badly, which I know I did for sure, like everybody. Because we're doing a retrospect, I guess. Is that the right word? Retrospect of looking back of how awesome and how terrible our picks were from the season. If you're looking for if you're looking for the noun version, it would be retrospective. Oh, sorry, retrospective. See, you're the you're the literary guy that more than I am. So you you tutor you tutor young minds about in the writing and writing. So that's your more uh, 
more uh let's see see i'm looking for the right word now i'm gonna be embarrassed i can't find it you just do a better job of that than me and no more i'm gonna say well okay so let, let's fact. let's put it this way like you know <laughs> that i i joke every so often that like you know i i don't really consider myself a mountain must football expert i consider myself a mountain must football enthusiast mm-hmm. i think about this stuff a lot but i feel like this podcast is going to be you know hard evidence that uh yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe I got a few things right, but there are definitely plenty of things I got wrong thinking about it as much as I have. Yeah, there, it's, it's, there's a lot going on. Like, I do like, I'm not a huge fan of Barrett Sally or Sally of CBS, but he does this as well every written form. He's more of an SEC dude. I'm like, you know, whatever, 98% of the time, it seems like. But this is fun, too, because wait, I predicted what? We said how many wins? We said this player would do what? They're not even in the Mountain West anymore. What is going on? So we're going to have some fun with this and laugh at ourselves and give kudos. where I already did see one match where it's neither of us made this projection. Um, we'll get to it later. I need to make sure I bold it here in our – so I did find our 2022 um, bold and kind of bold projections, like our bold mm-hmm. and stupid essentially. I'm going to bold one here. I found it. It's a particular player. He's no, also no longer in the Mountain West, which is unfortunate, but we'll get to it. That's one of market areas I'm talking. It's one of our buddies, Michael, who did a UNLV bold projections. So we'll get that later. But let's start with okay. the order of finish, which is funny because order of finish, Matt, during the year, it was looking dicey of the, most people's projections because our staffs, Boise State to win the mountain, Fresno to win the West. And for a mere time, a period of time, looking at the UConn, law, UConn victory over Fresno State, that we were going to massively blow this one, <laughs> like everybody else. Yeah, you know, and, and it was for different reasons that the Broncos and Bulldogs didn't necessarily come out strong out the gate. You know, Fresno, of course, had the injuries to, to players like Jake Hayner and Williams uh, in the USC game, and it took them a little while to sort of refine their footing. And then for Boise State, of course – you know, one of the things that that they had trouble shaking off was just the offensive inefficiency that had plagued them off and on for the past two years. And so when they got off to, what was it, a two and two start in non-conference play? They lost to UTEP. UTEP. They, they lost to UTEP and it wasn't close. No, it was like, was it 21 to three or something like that? 21. I believe it was 27 know. to 10, if I'm not mistaken. Not good. But the idea being that like both teams were struggling big time into October. And then of course, you know, the, the rest is history. Both teams end up winning 10 games, you know, meeting in the conference championship as our staff collectively predicted. So, you know, all's well that ends well, I guess. Right. Yeah, we got that. We got that right. Um, Utah state was kind of a big whiff. They came back nicely, but they're another one where, okay, they do get injured to Logan Bonner or the starting quarterback, but they've also had that stretch where they had to go to Blaine Davenport or no, me, was it Bishop Davenport? Apologies. Yeah. The court four street quarterback. Cooper Lagarde came in. He played well when he actually, when he played a little bit, but he got concussed. Then Levi Williams came in and one of the most guttiest performances we had, I think when they went, I forget when it was, but is late in the year where he remember the ankle thing where he came in over for injured play for the and got hurt. Like he could mm-hmm. not walk for a couple of plays. I'm like, what is going on? Why is he still playing? He's a solid player, but that's who I was tough. But Utah state was one where, Okay, the Alabama lost yes, they got destroyed and embarrassed, which a lot of teams do when they play the Crimson Tide. But the Weber State loss, who I know is a very good team in the FCS ranks, they uh well, they get the doors blown off against Weber State. They did recover, obviously, like we mentioned, going to the bowl game, 
for a Blake Anderson, but like, there was a while where Utah State, it's like, what are they doing? Like, they couldn't do anything to save their life. They offense couldn't move the ball. Defense wasn't stopping anybody. They were just a bad team. They kind of figured things out a little bit, but they were. I don't think it moved, most people projected them to win the conference map, but they're most people thought probably ah, like me and my win loss total, which we'll kind of get through those later. I had them at nine wins. Yeah, I mean, I had them at 10 wins. And so I think, you Ooh, know, the boy. Aggies, maybe more so than any other team in the conference, was probably the biggest miss that I had. And I do think that a lot of it is that, you know, while, you know, Logan Bonner, I think, you know, not necessarily being 100% before he was ultimately sidelined for good, you know, sort of midway through the season. Like, I would, I mean, I'd be interested to try and go back if I have the time to like see how many different starters that their different teams had across the mountain west because i'm pretty sure that utah state dealt with like a ton of injuries you know on you know up and down their starting lineup on both sides of the ball you know i think it was you know it was a saving grace that like you know the offensive line stayed you know mostly healthy and mostly effective even as a lot of things sort of transitioned around them but you know you're right like they had three different quarterbacks that they had to rotate in over the course of the year yeah four that's right um you know calvin tyler jr i think was banged up off and on um and i think you especially on defense you know mj tafisi missed time you know they had some serious injury issues especially on the interior of the defensive line so yeah it was it was it was definitely a rough year in more ways than one but i do think that you know the experience that they that they got you know at least among the guys who are returning um, we'll, we'll definitely serve them while going into next fall. Yeah, I, you would hope so because, of, because well, Logan Bunner's off the NFL. Mm-hmm. They did lose, um, Cubbon Tyler Jr. obviously off the NFL, but Cooper Legault will be back. Still has, but it was a lot of defensive guys. I think it's AJ Vonkachon finally gone as well. Is he? I forget if he's. No, I think he still has another year or two of eligibility. That's the thing we gotta look at. We need uh, New Mexico's uh, roster temperature to take a look at it. How they do, right? Who's eligible? Who's not? It's just tough. Remains it's, the remains the gold standard. It does because it'll be. I was thinking about it the other day, like who is eligible to return. So I think if you were a 2020 freshman, which would be technically, which right now they would be. If you were a first year player enrolled in college in 2020, you would be. That's the last cl- last class that would have the six a six or not six, six year, but a fifth year. Of actual playing time, so yeah, I mean, I think that the way the way most rosters list eligibility is in terms of like you know if 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 somebody was listed on the current roster as a graduate student, and I think that's Mm -hmm. true of Utah State in particular, then that means that they exhausted their eligibility. So that's guys like Bonner, Calvin Tyler Jr., Mm -hmm. Brian Cobbs, you know, Andre Grayson, Hunter Reynolds, a bunch of other guys as well. Um, So Vong Pachon is listed as a senior, which I would assume means that he has at least one year of eligibility left. I would think. I, I've seen some do it too. Maybe it's BYU who's done it, but they would put their class, like education, and then yeah. playing ability. Like they'd say, oh, they are a junior, but a redshirt sophomore for athletic yeah. ability. But again, we'll have this through 2025, where maybe even 26, they redshirt one of those years where guys in – so we got, Matt, we got a couple more years of this going on just to keep track. Mm. We're, we're at a halfway point just about. But not even – <laughs> oh boy, this will be a minute. But so, any any other teams like not necessarily win loss record, but when we look at the order of finish. Let me just maybe I should have been a good host instead of this at the beginning. The Mountain Division. This is our staff: Boise, 
got right. Air Force, yes. Utah State, no. Wyoming, fourth, yeah. Colorado State, New Mexico. So we got the Mountain Division pretty much right outside of Utah State and Wyoming. Um, and then the West Division, let's take a look here. Fresno State, yes. San Diego State, second, and four first place votes. Who actually, the Aztecs, if I recall, you're the only first place vote for the Bulldogs because you're like champs until they lose. I believe that would have been you, correct? No, hey, in the preseason, in the preseason, I had San Diego State and Air Force. Oh, you did. So oh, I didn't get I either division you, winner, oh. correct? Oh no, oh, I thought you did. Never mind. I apologize. Oh, they weren't even the champs. Freaking Utah State was. I apologize. Maybe that was something else I'm thinking of. But let me <laughs> let's just continue and move on. You might be thinking Four of first the power play- rankings. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's what it is. Okay, yes, that's probably what it is. Those are two separate things. So Aztecs had four first place votes, and they clearly didn't exceed or even come close to those. San Jose mm-hmm. State would have got second. They were third. Nevada fourth. Next, Hawaii fifth. UNLV six, which was a big miss, despite them not going to bowl game. They were arguably the. Do you think they're the biggest surprise team for how they played this year in the Mountain West, or do we like the Rebels too much to? We're being blinded by something. Well, I mean, I think that uh, I, I, I mean, I can't speak too much for the rest of our staff. I did expect some kind of progress from the first couple of years of the Marcus Arroyo era. I didn't have them finishing last. That would that that spot belonged to Nevada. Um, so at least I can yeah. feel good about nailing that. But I think you know, I I'm trying to look back over the win loss and see if there was anything in particular that they that they did that was sort of out of the ordinary. And I'm pretty sure that the only game that I had them losing that they won was the North Texas game. And then I think maybe, you know, I had them beating Cal, which they lost. Mm. No, I mean, but their, their season as a whole, you know, going five and seven wasn't altogether that different from sort of what I expected, I think. Yeah. Cause they were super close to going to bowl game. There's a, Again, Doug Brumfield injury doesn't help. Uh, San Jose State was next closest team, but I think the the one team, the two teams that kind of opposite, I guess, would have been Utah State and UNLV. A little bit San Diego State, but the Rebels like Aiden Robbins had a great year. Kyle Williams played well. They had some good defenders out there doing some very good things out there, keeping them close. But because my win loss projection, we'll get that in a moment here. What I put them here, let me find. I probably put them at four or five wins. I'm guessing. I had the oh, I do a smart thing and search UNLV on my sheet. I'm like, there'll be 13 UNLVs that pop up here because they play everybody. <laughs> I had them five mm-hmm. and seven, so I was right there. I had the I'd say with you had the Cal win, um, and that obviously didn't turn out for in our favor for them there. But yeah, they're a team where I think if you didn't put Nevada last, you're not thinking right because there's I don't think anybody in the right mind figured they'd finish worse than better than six, I should say. So that's a order finish. Maybe Hawaii, I guess you can make a case for them being the worst team early in the year, but they weren't great either. And we kind of got, we got most of us right. So, Hey, we did. I'd say it's what a B we did there that we did a pretty good job. Yeah. I mean, with regards to the warriors in particular, I think I'm thinking back to our preseason conversations and I think I might've been more bullish on the warriors than anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I I still remain bullish about their long-term future, at least, but it was definitely, you know, uh, I, I may have overestimated the talent that they, that they had coming back, especially, you know, after having lost so much in the portal last offseason. Yeah. But you could see where they started making progress in the second half of the year, where, where Braden Shager started having some nice throws, you know, Zion Bowens, once he was back from missing most of the first half of the year. 
Um, and they, they started finally sort of cementing themselves a little bit here and there on defense too. So while there's still plenty of work to be done, um, you know, I still kind of, I, I sort of foresaw them being that sort of thorn in the side of the team. And even if it didn't show up all the way in the win column, like how many close games did they have in the second half of the year? I'm trying to remember because they I'm lost checking by, out, but they're pretty good. They, they, okay. So I just run it down. So it, just as a reminder, they lost by two on the road to San Diego state four on the road to Colorado state seven at home against Wyoming and seven at home against Utah state. So they're within striking. And then, and then, they, and then they beat UNLV. Let's not forget that too. So mm-hmm. it was, it was, a it was a, definitely a step in the right direction, even if the results didn't necessarily show themselves completely in the win loss column. Yeah, they were there. They got a little bit better. I know the blowouts like Fresno state didn't help. Um, Play Michigan, or we're gonna be Michigan, or like this early season games, Vandy and Western Kentucky, which is yeah. all all those are pretty good teams. Vanderbilt not great, but that just surprising, just the difference in just the beatdown was not good. But they they we were the placement wasn't wasn't correct, but I think the way they played in some of these games, because half the games they were either they won or were within striking distance or close. Like even the San Jose State game was pretty. Was there 27-14, wasn't out of reach. That's only a 13 point game. Yeah. And that game, if I recall, it was um now it's about the same as where I'm looking here, 14-6 at halftime. It wasn't until it was like 21-6 third quarter where they kind of pulled away. But that game was reasonably close throughout, wasn't necessarily wasn't a blowout at all. So they were more feisty than we thought. Yeah. Do you have a team, Matt? Like your win-loss record projection now is just bonkers incorrect, like so off, like terrible. Nothing that was too extreme. Of course, you know, Utah State finished six and seven. I had them going 10 and two. I think the next closest one probably would have been San Diego State, you know, the team that I picked to win the West Division. And I think a lot of that came down to maybe, you know, I, because I, I knew for a fact, I knew for a fact it was going to be really hard to replicate the exact formula that had made them so successful in 2021. But I expected more improvement on offense than we ultimately got throughout most of the year. And so, while I do think that you know finding a, a, a true answer at quarterback in Jalen Maiden is is definitely something that they can hang their hat on for the next couple of years at least. You know, they, they still need to rediscover a run game. Of course, that's something we harped on. Right. It seemed like every single week down the stretch. Um, yeah. And, you know, now their challenge going into spring is, you know, they're having to replace both Tyrell Shavers and Jesse Matthews, their top two receivers. So, you know, you can probably expect that the defense will be good to very good again going into next year. But, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll have this conversation more at length in, in months to come, but you know, the questions are going to be more or less the same as they were this time last year. Who would have thought the most promising position for Aztecs heading into spring is quarterback? <laughs> Nobody. You know what? You know what? If you're going to have, if you're going to have one thing settled, it might as well be that position. Yeah. It's good for them. It's well, what I said for a long time, if they have a decent running game, yeah. average. And, and I would whatever, say, like- I would say between that and the, and the, I believe the only starting offensive lineman they're, they're losing to is Alama Ulave, the center. So while that won't necessarily be like the easiest thing to try and replace, I do think, you know, continuity on that unit is ultimately going to help too, because they were definitely a very young starting five for the most part this year. 
Yeah, that's definitely going to play a big part. That's prob- probably or definitely a reason to run game was not ideal this past season. Mine, mm-hmm. mine were kind of the same with you. Aztecs had 10 and 2. Utah State had nine wins. Um, I'd see what did CSU end up with? I picked them for five wins, end up going three and nine. That's a little bit off, but yeah, I nothing have them crazy. Six and six. Yeah, a little bit of a miss, but Clay Millen shows promise there. And a lot like Tory Horton, oh boy, amazing for what he was able to do throughout the year, being more probably the best non quarterback in the conference between him and Brad Roberts. I mean, mm-hmm. after Brad Roberts, I should say, but like anybody I miss, I had Nevada four wins. You just did well, I mean, six and six would end up finishing eight and four, Cowboys uh, seven. Okay. Yeah, just uh, nothing crazy. Like this does not include bowl games. So my Air Force pick at nine and three is dead on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico has a little bit off. I had them, I think four wins. They got two, but oh no, excuse me, I had three wins. So that's, we were all pretty close. I think everybody <clears throat> missed a bit. Utah State and San Diego State were probably the biggest misses for anybody. I would make uh, assume because mm-hmm. they're the two teams that were kind of outliers, right? Boise, even though like them and Fresno, as we talked about moments ago, were kind of what are they up to? They're kind of Kicking the kick the ball around and not sure what's going on with Fresno injuries and Boise going for a new OC quarterback transferring, and so yeah, I guess maybe four wins for Nevada was a bit too much. Even for what? Wait, did they finish with four wins? Let me see here. Two and ten. No, they were two and ten. I was off on. Sorry, for some reason I was thinking. Oh yeah, the Incarnate Word game they lost. So, uh, but nothing else. Nothing too crazy. Like we missed terribly. San Jose State's always a weird team. They were seven and five, and then for what I projected, they ended up finishing. Seven to five because partially the Mexico New Mexico State game did not get played. But did you know real quick? I'm looking at this now. Okay, maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't. Do you know who the only undefeated home team was in the Mountain West Conference? Oh, uh, wasn't it Air Force? No, San Jose State six and zero. Oh, that's right. I just looked at it now. I'm like, whew, six and zero. They Air Force went six and one. It's not bad. So. No, I just look at it now. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's an interesting little. So they're not a good road team, obviously. All right, so let's move on. Anything else you want to get to records, or I think we kind of nailed it all on that part. I think I think we pretty much covered it all. So we have our top fifty list we do every year. Mm-hmm. It's a fun, difficult, interesting, unique. Um, what do you think are? Let me just run down our top five real quick. Honestly, it's actually our top ten. I think our top ten actually was really good for the season ended up being. Because here's our top ten real quick. One to ten. A couple of misses you'll notice, obviously. Um, you had Jay Kaner, number one, Brad Roberts, number two, Don Peterson, three, defensive tackle Nevada, Logan Bonner, Utah State quarterback four, Jalen Cropper, five, Fresno, Hank Bachmeyer, six, Boise State, Jonah Tavai, San Diego State seven, Kate Hall, Spartans eight, Titus Sweat nine. Valemi Fahoko 10, San Jose State. I think that's pretty dang good. Uh, the only, or, or the two glaring obvious issues being Logan Bonner and Hank Bachmeyer. Mm-hmm. And Logan Bonner was injury related as well. Yeah. Anybody else that doesn't deserve to be in top 10? Does Don Peterson deserve to be top 10? Probably not number three. I don't know if he's a top 10 guy, but he's not out of the conversation of top 15. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I've, I've I've definitely beaten the drum for him over the last uh, you know few years, just because you know, and I can really only speak to my process when I fill out this top fifty. I do tend to value a lot of longevity, and so when when someone is is especially coming off of a year or coming into a summer rather, where 
you know, I think it was something like 75% or 80% of our last top 50 from 2021 had either graduated or moved on to the NFL or, you know, along those lines, you know, that meant that the, those players who had been those multi-year productive starters were very yeah. few and far between. And, you know, there was really nobody else in the conference, at least in my opinion, who coming into 2022 had the kind of track record that Peterson had. And it wasn't like he didn't justify it this year. Like we didn't, you know, obviously Nevada struggled on the field, but he still led the team with, you know, 13 tackles for loss and six sacks. He still had three fumble recoveries. He was still an all conference performer. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't recall exactly whether he was able to set the, the all time record or program record, excuse me, for tackles for loss. But if he didn't, he probably got very close to that. And so for my part, you know, in retrospect, was he the second best player, third best player in the conference this year? Well, no, probably not. But, you know, I, I take sort of the longer view when it comes to an exercise like this. And so, you know, even if he wasn't second or third overall, I would sort of contend he wasn't that far away given his track record. No. Do you think Titus Swain deserved to be top 10 still? I know he kind of left the season and left the team later the year later I, I mean personally I had him closer to the to the middle of the pack in my own list I had him at 18th overall and I do think that you know given you know that the, the Mountain West ended up with a, a good number of, of rushing performances where you know there were what six players who cracked a thousand yards and yeah, Brad, you know, obviously Swen was one of them mm -hmm. but I I do think that, you know, in retrospect, I I wish I had put Jordan Mims a touch higher than I did. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Because I do think that... For us, he had 13 for us on the list here, just FYI. Yeah, like I don't think I don't think Swen would have been like that far down further down the list, but I don't I mean I didn't have him in the top 10 and I I have to imagine if we did a re-rank of some kind that you know he'd probably be closer to like maybe the 15 to 20 range. Cuz I would put I need I'm looking at my I don't have my top 50 list I'm looking now but Calvin Tyler Jr would have been higher. Here's the guys who got 1000 yards really quick. Brad Roberts 1700, Jordan Mims 1370, Aiden Robinson will get to 1011 who Probably not in the list by any stretch. I need to double check. 11.57 for Helani, 11.22 for Calvin Tyler Jr. So I would have put, out of all those groups, of all those players, um, wait, Swen? No, Swen did not get that. Oh, yeah, he did. Swen probably would have been, I don't know, he had five yards of carry. Like, I say put Calvin Tyler ahead of him, but for play and touchdowns, he had one more rushing, one better performance than I should take the injury where I think, mm-hmm. or no, where, I don't think he missed a game, Calvin Tyler, but I think there was a game where he – there's multiple games they weren't played, like Alabama, Weber State, a couple games there where he didn't do all that well. Like George Lani mm-hmm. finally got it going. He would have been higher. But I'm trying to find my top 50, but there's a lot of good running backs. But, yeah, I think – remember, you were lower on him than others, which doesn't mean he's not a good running back. He did quite well. He just had a few things at the end of the year. But mm-hmm. I guess it's hard to say, like, some guys come out of nowhere, like, I'm 90% sure I'm checking here. We didn't have Aiden, Aiden Robbins anywhere on our list, did we? I'm guessing. No. No. I don't think anybody. No. And and, and that, list. I think, is a product of the fact that, you know, it, and that's through no fault of his own, obviously. I think, you know, of a lot, when, when we talk about track record, I think the fact that Robbins really had only contributed sparingly at Louisville before coming to Las Vegas was you know fairly or not a strike against him at least in terms of the eyes of our overall staff i think we tend to to focus on players who one have been in the mountain west before and like we've seen them and and had chances to see them perform multiple times and, and do so well but then on top of that too i think you know those players who 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 crack the list from outside of the conference are very few and far between. I do remember that Bonner the year before was one of those guys. I think he cracked the forties if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the same thing with like, you know, a guy like Terry Wilson, who was the starting quarterback in New Mexico a couple of years ago as well. Um, it's really hard to project transfer portal things. I think that's sort of one of the overarching lessons of a top 50 year after year. Mm-hmm. Bonner, really quick. He on. I have our list up here because I, I got because I don't. I never delete anything because I don't. <laughs> so I keep lots of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he was. Oh crap! Now I'm getting a spinning wheel of death on my MacBook. Okay, hold on. Logan Bonner, you're probably right. I'm trying to see here. I don't see him anywhere in our top fifteen. You had him. Oh, okay. You're talking about two years ago. Not two years ago. Two years ago. So he would have been. Uh, well, maybe he's was he. Oh, it's trying to connect here. So my internet's going. Amazingly well. Let me just scroll through and see here. He made our list at 39 in 2021. Mm-hmm. So it is it is hard. It is difficult with transfer guys of who will be where just because it's we don't know unless they're like a big time guy. But even then it's like, well, what are we gonna do? Like I end up putting him my list here. I don't think I ranked him. I didn't even rank Logan Bottom. Like he's a transfer dude. Why? I don't remember I don't remember what Utah State had that year. Some but some guys put him in top twenty. Like um, I don't know a few guys here, but it's uh, it's tricky going for us. Why our next year's list will be like 
we're going to get more familiar with the portal portal stuff, but it's still going to be kind of tricky if who's oh, yeah. gone where. You know what I mean? It's like, yikes. Um, Hank Bachmar is a big miss. I think probably – who would you think he's their biggest miss on the list we had? Like we, I mean, because... in terms of where he ended up on the list, I think it would be you mean, it, unranked. I mean, definitely like, <laughs> I mean, if it's not him, and it's probably Dante Wright from Colorado State, yeah. but even that situation isn't really Wright's fault. I think he just you know fell out of favor for for one reason or another. Oh no, I got our biggest miss. It's the other way. Where's Tory Horton? So Tory Horton, if I'm not mistaken, was. Uh, oh no, I, I, I was thinking Nowhere. of uh, I was thinking of uh, Melquan Stovall was the Colorado State receiver who just missed. No, do we? I don't think I have him here at all. I'm looking here on the list. Do we not? I, 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 no, I, I think the you're list. right. He was nowhere to be found. So that's probably that's our biggest, biggest miss. Wait, hold on. Nope, that's Dante right at 16. Um, most because I'm assuming you and I and Mr. Belsfeld, right, was going to be the guy, and Stovall would be a guy. And Horton came in from Nevada, like, yeah, he's not on there at all. So that's a that's probably our biggest whiff by far. Calvin Taylor, yeah, I mean, which is, which is, is not to well. say that there that there aren't other players in that conversation. I do think that, like, you know, someone like uh, Muhammad Kamara, for example, yeah. from Colorado State, definitely didn't get enough love. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Roger, our New Mexico writer, was the or no, excuse me, Scott, our Hawaii writer, was the only one who to even give him a vote. Mm. There's also who was the Wyoming guy that transferred recently? Um, oh shoot, the defensive end. Oh, oh, oh crap, what's his name? Um, oh geez. Oh, are you talking about uh, Olawase Yomatosha? Yeah, yeah, him. He's nowhere to be found either on these lists. Mm-hmm. So there's there's always a couple of guys that come out of nowhere. Um, Chevron Cordero. Well, okay, well, well, if, we're ta- if we're talking wide receivers, we have to also put Elijah Cooks in that list. Oh, definitely. Yes, I apologize. Who made a big play in the Hula Bowl for um, whatever team he's on? But yeah, he had a I great year with Spartans. Uh, does... Yeah, and I, and I, I, I vaguely recall, I was, I was like this close to putting him in my own top fifty because I had done so the year before, right before he got hurt again, and so I, I think it was the the injury track record, at least over the last couple of years. I didn't feel like I could justify doing it one more time, and so. You know, obviously he proved me and, and a lot of other people wrong by staying healthy and then being productive. And as you mentioned, looking like you, someone who could be playing on Sundays. Yes, I had him at 47, FYI, just saying. Mm-hmm. What about KMB Golf? Where did he end up on our list? He was ranked by most people. Turn his overall ranking here. He didn't he... have he did, he ended up 56th overall. So he didn't okay. crack the top 50, but I had him on mine too. Me too. Most seven seven of our writers did. I'm not sure. I think we had a 12, I think. I think he was this. he was the one guy that received the most votes that didn't crack the top 50. Gotcha. He was in all but a couple ballots here. So it's mm-hmm. um it's tough. But I think honestly, over like we look at the high end, there's only like if you look at the top end players, ought to be okay. This is not gonna be it's gonna sound like condescending to us, but honestly don't think it's terribly hard to get the top 10 to blow it. Am I wrong on that? I don't think you're wrong, no. I, because I don't think that's terribly difficult. So I was going to be outliers, but whiffing big, like Tory Horton, like, well, he's going to be the third receiver in CSU between Stovall and Dante Wright. Oh, Hank Bachmar, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he's, he's a quarterback. He, nobody expects Boise to struggle like that and having him transfer throughout the year. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a couple of defenders or transfer guys that come out of nowhere. And so I think like George Lawn is yeah, pretty I mean, low at 22, but I felt with him, 
like be healthy and also the offensive line, and he should be a top ten guy. Yeah, David I definitely hedged a little bit with Halani. And I do think like most of the misses further down the list are mostly injury related, I think more than anything. So like, for example, Brennan Scott, who came in at number 30, didn't end up playing this year because he had the knee injury from the spring. And so that was camp. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously we'll have to sort of, you know, keep that in mind as we do the, you know, the, the, the thought exercise later in the summer. You know, between someone like him or I think, you know, a guy like Aaron Frost, who we had a number 44 Nevada offensive Nevada. tackle, you know, he also didn't play at all this year. But I think yeah, some other of those than are that, tough. other than that, not, a, I mean, you might argue for moving some players up or down a few spots, but I don't think that there was that much else that looked seriously out of place. So we got a couple of Twitter things. Obviously, everybody calling saying it's the worst list ever. I guess huh. uh, it's like Genty and Green. Where are they? It's like, well, nobody knew Green and Genty. It's like, well, we got George Haney. And so he shouldn't be a player. Um, I like how one comment, a lot of people can't read the published date. I appreciate that. When I retweeted this, I huh. said, hey, looking back, we're going to go back and look at our early season predictions and what we missed, including our top 50. And people are like, where's Perales? Where's this? Um, Bachmeyer biggest fell makes sense. Bonner at four seems high, even if he wasn't healthy, even if he was healthy, played all year. I can see that being a touch high from what we saw early on. Um, Dante Wright, obviously, we missed Portal stuff like that. We missed Tori Horton, we got to. Um, that's about it, really. I like one guy here, trash. There should be more dogs on this list, whatever. Mm. But I think overall, honestly, it wasn't that bad. We did a pretty good job this year. Yeah, now like I, I now we go through and like how many how many of our top ten are not gonna be there in twenty twenty three? Hainer's gone, that, Roberts yeah. is gone, Peterson's gone, Bonner's gone, Cropper's gone, Bachmeyer's gone. I believe Jonah Tavai. Probably Kate Hall's gone, Titus Swan. I think I think All everybody the in the top ten other than Fajoko is gone. And then even after him, JL Skinner's gone. Yeah, Skinner, Daniel Smith. <laughs> Zeke Daniels. Man. So, oh boy. So we're gonna have just as much fun trying to figure out who Ugh. the top ten players are next year or six months from now. So that'll be that'll be an adventure, I'm sure. Yeah, we're gonna do our bold predictions pretty soon, even though we normally do it earlier, like we we're pushing back a touch. The mm-hmm. if off the cuff, I don't have my answer now. Maybe we could think about who should we who should be under consideration for like number one. Like Ooh, okay. Uh um, <laughs> right now I'm like not only an offense, but I don't even know. That's a tough question, right? That's a really hard question off the top of my head. Is Cobb's coming back from Utah State or is he gone? No, I believe he's he's gone. We know Aiden Robbins is at BYU, he's not coming back. Not I guess we I hmm, this is gonna be it's usually a skill position player, which makes sense when you have of our top ten last year, we had one, two, three, four, five, six offensive players. Oh man, uh, we could. Here's the thing: I could make the t- case for t- George Lani. Probably he's back. That's probably the number one. That'd make a lot of sense. Well, I mean, you mentioned Tory Horton earlier. I think he's definitely going to have a strong case. Yes. Okay. Him too. You have maybe maybe Green from Boise, but I want to put him number one QB. I want to put Jalen Maiden number one in San Diego State. I'm leaning offense. I believe Fahoko oh. has another year of eligibility. So as the reigning defensive player of the year. Definitely. I think he's definitely going to have a case too. But then I think after that, you do sort of have to start getting creative a little bit. 
DK or the at, backup Wyoming running backs? Can one of those guys get finished top 10? Who is the DK Squally? Is that his name, right? Uh, you're talking about DQ James? His name time. Sure, I, exactly. I, I, I don't know. I, might... I, get, I, I need to get his name right because I screw up every time. He could be up there, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you sort of have to you have to get creative and you have to start looking at guys like, you know, maybe like a, a Jack Howell from Colorado State or Clay Miller yeah, up there. Or or Devon Harris from Wyoming, or mm-hmm. you know guys like that, guys who you know flash potential and, and will and will be impact players for the next couple of years and things like that. But it's really hard to say right now. Like if I had to sit down and give you a number a, a number one in, in on January fifteenth as we're recording this, um, I have no idea who I would select. If I'm being totally honest, for the record, Fahoko is a junior. And he did, has not declared okay. yet because also declaration declaration for NFL is still not here yet. Because I mm-hmm. saw a an alert from like Yahoo or something. Ohio State quarterback CJ Stroud is not yet officially declared for the draft. And yeah. you're seeing some players where they wait, and because maybe they get a great NIL deal, him I think he's gone because that number one top three quarterback money is too big to pass up. But if you're a like Utah Cam Rising quarterbacks returning, he wasn't necessarily going to be drafted. But he also had the injury in the Rose Bowl, and he who knows how bad it is because they're keeping quiet on it. But if you're a guy who's like middle of the pack, third, fourth round pick, it might be better to try to make six figures in college for more year and boost your stock where you still make some money. There you go. But I can see I'd probably lean, I'd probably go Halani or Fahoka right now. Or Horton. One of those three guys would be my my pick at the moment. But you're right, it's gonna be creative and like, okay, who played part-time and did well? Who played well in the final four games? It's like, could it be Cooper Lagaf from Utah State? I'm like, I'm just saying. I have a feeling, and and of course, like I said, I can't speak for anybody else. I, and the more I think about it, the more I wonder whether defense may may have a bigger say in in next year's top fifty. I think so too. Look at all the offensive guys we mentioned are missing, like Hayner, Brad Roberts, Logan Bonner, John Copper, Hank Bachmeyer. You have Titus Swain. You have Hazi Daniels transfer. Jordan Mims. Uh, Dante Wright, like all these guys, we can mention Shavon Cordero for a top guy next year. You know what I mean, like Elijah mm-hmm. Cooks, like in the top area. There's, I'm just, uh, here's the thing, like people are like, oh, your offensive dude, like yeah, so, but offensive numbers are sometimes easier to just, oh, the guy had you. They, the bigger plays typically happen on offense or more frequently, I should say. Like I know yeah. Kyle Harmon, like a tackle machine, but when you think about it, we got Fahoko and some other defenders. But you're not wrong where who these defenders are going to step up. Like oh, this guy had a really good year. He's returning. Eight and a half TFLs, but only played in nine games. Like, cool, maybe he's a top 20 guy. So mm-hmm. it'll be like Keyshawn Banks. He had a great bowl game, bowl season. Like, maybe he'll be up higher. He's number 23 on the list this year. I'm assuming he's coming back, right? From San Diego State. I don't I know think. his eligibility off the top of my head. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get eligibility down, down later down the road. So yeah. All right, let's wrap up with let's wrap up with this. This will be fun. So i I did digging through my Google Docs because again, I delete zero things. My inbox. People are going to throw something or throw their player or turn mute me. I literally have 20,000 emails in my, my personal Gmail account and about 15,000 of those are unread. You really got to do something about that. <laughs> I need to unsubscribe from stuff. That's what I need to do, Matt. Inbox zero is not <laughs> going to be ever, ever for me, ever. I, partially my work email. I don't need where I work. At, I don't need to delete anything. So automatically do it after two years. I honestly, well, it's also a news organization. So I got a lot of stuff. I'm about six figures in unread emails, probably because none of them have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But here's what I found. Our Mountain West bold prediction. So I was going through this list, and you have as well. 
anything that you want to start with? I have a couple here, but anything I want to give you a chance to start off. If you have anything you're like, Hey, this was way on or way off on anything. So you mentioned breakout players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a couple there. I I still remain optimistic about Jeff Weimer, who was my preseason breakout player candidate. You know, obviously missed a, a big chunk of the year with an injury, but played pretty well when he was on the field, you know, was definitely, uh, you know, uh, if not, you know, the number one option for the Rebels, he he could definitely be like a second or a third guy. And with Kyle Williams at Wazoo now, you know, and I believe Nick Williams is out of eligibility. So, you know, Ricky White and, and Seneca McKee are obviously going to be, you know, probably taking on bigger roles as, as sort of the leading returners. But Weimer had 26 catches, 270 yards, and a touchdown in just seven games. Not bad. If he stays healthy, he, he could probably double that. If Especially with Kyle Williams right. gone too. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. out of the picture. Out at what Washington State, I believe. Yeah. So what do you? Th- I think our the biggest nail it was our buddy Michael with picking Aiden Robbins to be the breakout player, unexpected breakout player. Do you think? Does unexpected fit his narrative for taking over for the chuck wagon, Charles Robin, Charles Williams last year? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, and I think it speaks to what we talked about earlier, where, you know, it's one thing to sort of, you know, have, have a gut feeling about how guys who were maybe backups or part-time players, role players at at power five programs and how that will translate to being in the mountain West but I think, you know, with regards to the Rebels and replacing Charles Williams, it worked out perfectly for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally did. I would say Clay Millen, sort of. Like, I guess he did set the, was it freshman completion percentage for quarterbacks? Yes. So me, myself, and our buddy Ronnie does, has done the Mexico stuff for us. He picks CSU quarterback Clay Millen. I think that kind of hits on the hits it right there, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Shavon Cordero from, from our buddy Phil, who does San Jose. Any stuff picked. I think that's a I I Cordero's a no name, but I would say he because there's a point where there's a case to be made after Jay Kaner, he was the best quarterback in the conference. Mm-hmm. Zeke Daniels is hard to major because it's a completely different system, but you could have put him at QB2 for the conference, I would say, for the whole a complete season, because you had partial for Tail and Green, Jalen Maiden, San Diego State, and things like that. Um, I think overall we're we, uh, 30% hit rate on that. That's not bad, right? For picking breakout players. Yeah. And I mean, it's really, it's a really hard thing to do just because, you know, if you compare Robbins, for example, to someone like Tylen Hines, who transferred in the conference from Air Force to Hawaii, I think it gives you a sense of, of just how unpredictable it can be. Because while Robbins obviously emerged as the dude and averaged 19 carries per game, Hines, by contrast, didn't, I mean, he, he saw time in all 13 games for the Warriors, but he also didn't see a huge bump in his workload until the second half of the year. And then once he did, he proved that he could be really explosive. So, you know, despite the fact he only had 83 carries, it's worth noting that he had, you know, over seven and a half yards per carry, which I think is something that you know Warriors fans are definitely going to hang their hat on as they as they look forward to spring ball and and how he might uh, you know, maybe take on a, a bigger role. Definitely. All right. So non QB player of the year. I think we all did pretty good on this one. You nailed it because Brad Roberts was the actual offensive player of the year. You yeah, and, uh, and Ryan Ryan Tamari, Ryan our New Mexico writer, also. And 
and our Sean, our Air Force guy. I think Will got a player that could fit the conversation. Even the deep cut, like the most, probably the one I put near the bottom. Um, Jail Skinner, Boise State, played quite well. I don't say he wasn't the best defender, but he would be, that's not, he was a, a, one of the better defensive backs in the conference. But mm-hmm. there's picks like mine was, eh, if he Calvin Tyler, I was high on him. He did fine. We had like Jalen Cropper did really good. He had Titus Swan, Jordan Mims. I think any of those would have been, I guess I'll miss again toward Holt. Nobody picked him, but nobody mm-hmm. felt him coming as wide receiver three to be everybody missed on that guy to be how good he was, like one of the national top receivers in the country. But I think mm-hmm. if the players chosen overall were all into the conversation. I did not make it. In retrospect, I also I also don't know whether I should be uh pleased or alarmed that a, a majority of us accurately predicted an FCS upset. Did I not pick one? Because mine's blank, apparently. Unless you inadvertently deleted it, I'm not totally sure. But if I would have uh, picked one, I don't recall. We did quite a few. Yeah. But yeah, to that point, you know, three of three of us picked Incarnate Word over Nevada as the likeliest FCS upset. And then three uh three others picked Sacramento State over Colorado State. So yeah. um you know, apologies to Wolfpack and Rams fans for uh for unfortunately hitting the nail on the head on that one. Speaking of the FCS upsets, did, I know you listen to, to uh, Split Zone. Did you uh, partake in their FCS upset draft? I did. I didn't come anywhere close to winning it, though. No, I don't know who's on there, but I like. I, I thought there's some interesting ones. I don't recall. I, I apologize, mine is blank because I'm like, dang it. So P5 upsets. Um, you missed on well, I mean, Illinois, which in retrospect, Illinois is pretty dang good. So that's true. We, me, I had San Jose State over Auburn. I wish I, I had put money on the Illini in the preseason. No kidding. Oh, man. I randomly, so speaking of that, I randomly put like money in Utah to win the Pac 12, like midway through the season. Like, oh, I won 80 bucks for the season over. Cool. I totally forgot I did that when they were playing just okay because the odds went so poorly in their face against them. I'm like, oh, cool. 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it dropped to like something pretty low. And I got like 80 bucks. I'm like, oh, I love that. That's nice. Um, a lot of people pick Fresno over USC. Didn't happen. Aztecs over Utah, yikes. Why over Vanderbilt? We're the opposite, Matt. We whiffed on all of these. The closest one was me and Brandon trying with San Jose State over Auburn, which was a one-score game. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, part of the part of the process of that is, you know, you don't want to necessarily pick one that's that's an obvious one. So just as, as an example from this past year, the fact that, you know, Air Force walked all over Colorado oh, true. Was, was not necessarily not an upset. altogether surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I do think that, you know, with that in mind, that we, we're sort of stretching ourselves a little bit to say, like, if we're being bold to pick one that may not be the, the likeliest scenario. You know, I think yeah, you, like, know, you you and Brandon picking San Jose State over Auburn came pretty close in, in retrospect. It did. because Auburn wasn't great. But it's like, were we going to pick Fresno over Oregon State, even though we all felt Oregon State was better, but we didn't think they'd be this good? Mm-hmm. Like, I legit going to, I think... Like Oregon State, Pac-12 champ might be an early bet. I'll make ones available because I think they could be that good. Subcommittee here. Yeah. But yeah, we we opposite. But again, the keyword upset, not victory over a P5 team. So um, random bold projections. <gasps> Wait, did I get my George Solani projection right? I, I'm just looking at these for the first time, possibly. You came up just short, 1,143 <laughs> yards short. Do I get a plus my margin of error on this one? Come on. I will allow it. Yes, because I was all over like Kalani. It's like if he does well, they're gonna play good. 
So I'm going to say I nailed it. It was okay. Let me let me ask you again. Was that knowing what we knew coming into the season? Is that was that a bold enough projection? I mean, go, considering that, like, how many running backs per year get to 1,200 yards? You know, in two years ago or in 2021, only two players did it. You know, Brad Roberts okay. and Charles Williams. Going back to 2019, you know, two players did it then. Did it in 2018. Two this four year. players did it in 2017. So it's it's not necessarily like a easy thing to do and to consider george lonnie had 569 yards in 2021 yeah i i, I qualified as bold and nailing it yeah. as well uh your clay yeah, millen and meanwhile, meanwhile i was off by 30 <laughs> 30 passing touchdowns for uh for clay millen i was off by 20 okay uh the mexico not quite getting four games titus Wynn did not break the out with rushing record Oh boy, Andy Alvarez, coach of the year. Who won coach of the year? Wait, is it a uh, not him? Oh shoot, who was it? I have it here. Was it Tedford? Uh oh, it was Alvarez. Well, Never mind, he got it right. I apologize. It was Alvarez. There you so go. We got a couple right there. That's that's reasonably bold for a younger coach mm-hmm. to get that. Re- that's I know, we'll qualify that. Congrats. The Aggies repeating. Yikes. Hainer Heisman finals. Had he not got hurt? Maybe. Maybe I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, Phil was very close. Six yeah, wins for UNLV. Six wins for UNLV. Sean was quite close to Air Force guy. I didn't win division. Got it. Sorry. Sorry, I got it like that. Eleven to one, though. They're very close. Nine and yeah. Nine and three regular season. So th- I think we did pretty good on those two. Not about 50-50. Yeah. Anything? Oh, that was our last one. I thought we had more in there. So I, I like how we ended on that where I, I just like him out because I was very close to getting it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> anything else that we projection wise and want to discuss that we didn't get or anything that's just like hey this was a thing we kind of just missed on completely nothing that comes to right. mind i think we covered up i think we covered all of our uh respective bases look going through all this, i think we did reasonably well sometimes we know a thing or two at mountain west wire sometimes sometimes yes mwr.com we know a couple of things here or there so That'll wrap up for this week. We will do a show next week. We'll be back to do, I guess, portal, maybe super early bold projections, just because we might need two topics. If you also, hey, if you want to give us a topic to, on the podcast, because it's a long off season, just tweet us at MWC Wire, and we can uh, get some fun topics going on and go through random stuff throughout the off season because we'll need it. Because as you tweeted a while back, we we're two hundred thirty million a lot of days before the season starts. Week zero. It's still over two hundred. I can tell you that much. Okay, still over two hundred days. So, give us some ideas, and we we can incorporate them in the show because it'll be fun to get listener feedback. Like, hey, let's talk about this team or that team. But I think we'll do go through portal and early projection to maybe one more look back at some point before February hits here. Before we talk, maybe a little signing day and slash portal NFL draft stuff coming up. So we'll have lots of cool stuff coming up just because we can screw around the off season. So. That'll be it for today, but subscribe. Let us know if you like the show. Give us a nice review because we'd appreciate that as well. And we'll see you next time.